Welcome to the weekly podcast of Calvary Chapel, South London. A church where the truth of God's word meets and transforms the reality of our daily lives. We hope you are impacted by this week's teaching. Afternoon everyone, my name is Neil and I'm head of children's ministry at Calvary Chapel, South London. And um, something that's been on my heart for a while is what does it mean to be a good dad in Christ? This message is, is not only for fathers, but for those who desire to be fathers. For those of us who are, are fathers to the fatherless. It is ultimately for all of us to, to get to know God the Father. Let's pray. Lord, I just want to thank you for today. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, that you are our heavenly Father that you watch over us, that you keep us, that you guide us, that you teach us. Thank you so much for, for all that you've done for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, as we look to your son, we can see, see a reflection of you, Lord, a perfect reflection. And Lord, help us, Father, to follow Jesus. Help us to look to Jesus, because only when we look to Jesus will we know you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as a dad, I'm concerned for my children. I'm concerned about their future. I'm concerned about what they're being taught in school. I'm concerned about what happens to them after school. I'm concerned that they may not make the grades that we hope, them to, hope for them to do. And I'm concerned that they won't get the opportunity to go to college or to, or to go to, into university. I'm concerned that they won't get a job. I'm concerned about the, the company that they keep. I will be concerned when they, when they tell me they're in love and they bring someone home of the opposite sex. And even more if they bring someone home of the same sex. <laughs> but more importantly, I'm concerned that they won't follow Jesus Christ. Why? Because I feel that I'm not always being a good dad. I feel that I'm not always reflecting Christ. I feel that I'm not spending enough time with them. I'm not spending enough time reading with them, answering their questions and praying with them. Some of us who are parents here have the same feelings. Some of us who are parents are, are feeling the effects of the concerns that I'm, that I'm talking about. The effects of your child not doing well at school. The effects of, them, of you not spending time with them. The effects of them bringing home someone they love. The effects of them turning away from God. What can we do? Some children, if they don't have a good role model, they attach themselves to anyone. Anyone who will give them the time of day, who will give them the attention that they need. This could be a friend, a peer, or even another adult. This is why I believe that some kids join gangs, 
because they seek that attention and the gangs, they provide it. My friend told me when he was growing up that his father was around but not really there for him. When he used to go to school, he would be bullied, which made him feel insecure. Then one day, a young man who lived in the area turned up. He started hanging around outside school. He started to get to know my friend and paid him some attention. And my friend appreciated him. The young man would stick up for, my, for him, for my friend, so that no one in school would be able to trouble him. My, fe- my friend felt secure. The young man then, seeing this security that my friend had in him, took advantage of it and would ask my friend to deliver drugs for him. My friend felt no way about it and did what was asked of him. You may think that's extreme, but it happens. We have a, a, nature, a natural desire to, to want to follow, to copy others, to find safety, no matter where it is. And that young man took notice of my friend and made him known, um, took notice of my friend and made himself known to him, adopted him into his life. To adopt is to take, an, is to take another's child and bring them up as your own. And that's what he did. This is a part of fatherhood that the world offers. It fails in following the perfect model of fatherhood. We can only really be a father by following the perfect father. And that is God the Father. We can only really experience true fatherhood through Jesus Christ. So you must look at what Jesus said and did. Because when we look at the life of Jesus, then we see God the Father. To experience true fatherhood through Jesus Christ and to learn what it is to be a father, we need to become sons and daughters of God. And to do that, we need to receive Christ. John 1.12 says, But to all who did receive him, that is Christ, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Another thing that we need to do is we need to be born of God. John 1.13, talking about those who come to Christ, he says, They were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We also need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And once you belong to God, Paul says in Romans 8.28, that for those who love God, all things work together for those, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. That is those who love with affection, who love with sincere appreciation, who love with a childlike faith. So the question is, who in this room is a child of God? Can you confidently say that I have a father in heaven? 
that I belong to him, that I am his. Not everyone. Therefore, I want to begin with an invitation because the Father in heaven holds out adoption as a gift to you today. No one has to leave this building without the Father in heaven who cares for you, who loves you, who will welcome you into eternal life forever. All it takes is for you to believe in his son, Jesus Christ, and for you to surrender to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You could do it right now in your heart. I hope that you do. For those of you who don't know the Lord. Because God the Father is the, mo- is the model for all fathers. He will help us to be the dads we, des- we so desire to be, but fail to be. The primary task of a dad is to lead his children so that they see God so that they see God the Father in him. So the challenge before dads is to to be a reflection. Even though the reflection will be a bit dim and imperfect, it is to be a reflection of God the Father. To be a reflection in his strength, in his tenderness, in his anger, in his mercy, in his praise, in his wisdom, in his patience, and in his guidance. Dads, you have to be this for your children. You've got to know God the Father. The way fatherhood is modeled is relevant for everyone, for women and for men, particularly for men, especially if you've never had a dad or you failed to be a dad or you're not being the dad you wish to be or you're, you're sad for not having the dad you wish you had. All that sadness can be swallowed up in the truth that you have a father in heaven who desires to be with you, who desires to have a relationship with you. He has desired to have this relationship from the beginning of time. He has desired to be with his people. Genesis gives the impression that God walked and talked with Adam and Eve. They were in God's presence when God came into the garden. I've got it highlighted here. Imagine walking in the garden with God. But I can't do it. I can smell the roses. I can, I can look at the trees, all the wind blasts. But the fact is that when you look and God is there with you, it just takes my breath away. I don't know. I can't imagine God. When Adam and Eve sinned, they were separated from God, no longer in his presence. From that time on, God has been working in mankind to restore the relationship that he had with Adam and Eve. And in doing that, he made a promise to Abraham to have a people for himself. To show other nations how to live before him. Those people are the the nation of Israel which he rescued from Egypt and then show them how to live before him through the law given to Moses. Sorry, it's just a little history lesson. 
Then God showed them that they needed to build a temple so that they could come before his presence. Even then, it was only one man who was allowed to come before him every year. But God spoke to the people through his prophets that there would come a time when he would dwell among them. In Isaiah 7.14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Have I gone too far? The word Emmanuel means God with us. Jesus came to show us the Father. He came to bring the presence of God to us so that we can walk and talk with God as Adam and Eve did in the garden. The only way that we can do this is to believe in him, believe that through him, God has offered us forgiveness of sins. So that now we can come into his presence and with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus has given us the right to come before God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. This is what God has been working towards, to be in fellowship with us as in the beginning in Genesis, just like he was with Adam and Eve. God now adopts adopts us as his sons and daughters because Jesus has made us right before God. This has always been God's plan from the beginning. That's why he's the best dad in the whole world. He's always seeking after us, always searching for us, looking into our hearts, wanting to know what we know. He feels what we feel. He understands what we're going through. Before you came to God, you might have thought, ah, you know, God is just... God is angry. Even now, if you're sitting there and you don't know God, you may think that he is angry with you, but he's not. He's angry at the sin in your life. And what he wants to do is he wants to adopt you into his kingdom. He wants to bring you into his kingdom. God is always wanting to be with us. You can only really experience true fatherhood through Jesus Christ. That is through what Jesus said and did. Because when you look at the life of Jesus, you see God the Father. Sometimes we miss what God has done for us because of the worries of this world, because we're consumed with too many things. Like if someone we we know gets hurt or our job takes up too much of our time, or the stress of not having one, or someone we've known for a long time decides it's time to leave. This is what happened to the disciples. The disciples were worried. At the end of John 13, you can turn there if you wish.
at the end of John 13, the disciples were, were feeling distressed because Jesus had announced to them that he was leaving them. They were distressed that Jesus, their friend, their teacher, for the last three years was leaving. Not leaving as we would leave to go on a journey, but leaving this world. He was going to the cross to die for their sins, and not just for their sins, but the sins of the whole world. He announced that he was, he was leaving them in John 13, 36. When they, heard that this, when they heard this, they started firing questions at him. Where are you going? Why can I not follow you? How can we know where you are going? Jesus knew how they felt. That's why he says to them in John 14, 1, let not your heart be troubled. Don't be distressed. One of the questions that was fired at him was by Philip, one of his disciples. The question that he asked makes you think if, he, if Philip really understood the purpose of Jesus coming at all. He says to Jesus, show us the Father and it's enough for us. This is a similar request to what Moses asked for in Exodus 13, 18. And he was given a, just a limited vision of God's glory. Philip says in verse 8, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough. Another way of saying this is, Jesus, if only you would show us the Father, then that would be enough. Jesus, you, you missed something. Could you show us now before you go? And that, that if only question suggests that there is a part of the jigsaw missing. It suggests that Jesus missed something in coming to fulfill all scripture. It's easy to become an if only person. If only I could stay out all night. If only I could get a bigger house. If only I could get a better car. If only I could get a better job with more money. If only she would say yes. If only, if only he would leave me alone. <laughs> if only I was, if I was this shape. <laughs> if only becomes wishful thinking and can become idolatry. And what we should learn to be is content. Philip suggests that something is missing. He suggests that something is incomplete in the work of Jesus. It questions the sufficiency of Christ. Jesus gives his answer to, to this in John 14, 9 to 21. But we'll only be focusing, focusing on um, 9 to 11, verses 9 to 11. Jesus' response to Philip is, look at me in verse 9 and believe the words I say to you in verses 10 to 11. Sorry. Yeah. In verse 9, Jesus responds by saying, Have I been with you so long and you still don't know me, Philip? So this is when Philip says, Jesus, show us the Father. And then now Jesus responds to him and says, Have I been with you so long? And you still don't know me, Philip. 
I can imagine the scene, Philip saying, Jesus, just show us the Father, man. And Jesus is like, what? Brethren, I've been with you so long. You still don't know me. You've been rolling with me for three years, and you still don't know me. I've been showing you and teaching you and explaining to you the things of God. How can you say to me, show me the Father? The answer for Philip can be found in the middle of verse 9, where Jesus says, Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. In answer to, to Philip's question, show us the Father, or, or Philip's request, show us the Father, the answer is, whoever has seen me, says Jesus, has seen the Father. If you've seen Jesus, then you've witnessed God walking on the earth. And this is what has been taught right from the beginning of John's gospel. John 1.18 says, No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's, right, Father's side. He has made him known. John 5.19-20 says, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he, all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. And John 10.30 says, I and the Father are one. Jesus demonstrated God the Father as well by the signs he did when he walked on water, when he healed the official son, when he turned water into wine, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, and many more signs he performed. Yet Philip doesn't get it. Even though he's, he's seen all the signs, heard the claims, heard Jesus preaching, watched him at work, had been with him for three years, he still says, Jesus, show us the Father. It's like if I, made, if, I, if I make a cup of tea for my wife. It's trouble. I put two sugars instead of none. She would say to me, Neil! And, by, and from the time that she's calling my name like that, I'm saying, what have I done? <laughs> Neil, how long have you been with me? We've been married 14 years. Doesn't matter which year it is, she will count the years and she will tell me. <laughs> We've been married 14 years and you still don't know me. You see, when we lose sight of the Father, we need to look at Jesus. Amen. We need to look at what he said and what he did. Because when we look at Jesus, then we will see the Father. The next part of Jesus' response to Philip is in, in verses 10 to 11. Jesus is saying here, believe the words I say to you. Philip needs to believe that the words that Jesus speaks are the works of the Father. Jesus says that his words are not his own. Rather, it is the Father living in him to do his work. Jesus says, believe in me and you will see the Father 
at work. When we lose faith concerning our position as fathers, we need to believe in Jesus. We need to believe what he said and what he did. Because when we believe in Jesus, then we will see the Father. So when we look at Jesus and believe what he said and did, we want to know, what is God the Father like? When we look at Jesus, we see that God the Father loves us. He loves us as a good dad does. But sometimes that dad is not always loving. But God always is. Some of us have bad dads. If that's you, then I encourage you to come to God. He will love you forever. The Bible says in John 3, 16. Hold next John 3, 16. That God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. He let his son die for us. He did this while we were still sinners. God loves us so much that he sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. You know, the, the TV won't tell you that. Radio won't tell you that. The internet won't tell you that. Satan won't tell you that. Only the word of God will tell you. And what I'm trying to get you guys to do is to get into your word. Because when you get into your word, it will set you free. Set you free from the, the things of this world, the cares of this life. Yes, we'll still have them, but we'll look to God for the answers. God loves us. God the Father is the best dad in the whole world. You can only really experience true fatherhood through Jesus Christ. That is through what he said and did. Because when you look at the life of Jesus, you see God the Father. When we look at Jesus, we see that God the Father calls us. He calls us like he called Abraham, like he called Noah, like he called the disciples. He calls us to follow him. He calls us to to come to him through Jesus Christ. He calls us with a purpose in mind. As he called the disciples in Matthew 4, 1. He said, come, follow me. And I will send you out to fish for people. He calls us to be his sons and daughters. He adopts us as his children. When I was two years old, I went to to Trinidad for three years. And when I returned to England, I had a new dad. My biological dad wanted nothing to do with me when I was born. My mum was already here studying to be a nurse. And since she had no family here and did not want to leave me with childminders, she sent me to Trinidad to live with my aunts. So after three years, when I arrived back in England, I had a new dad. And this man, he gave me his name and treated me like his son. He adopted me. This is what God does. He adopts us as his sons and daughters. He does this when 
He calls us and we accept him. You won't, hear, you won't hear that in the world today. You'd only hear it from the Bible, from God's word. God calls us to be, God calls us and he adopts us as sons and daughters. God the Father is the best dad in the whole world. You can only really experience true fatherhood through Jesus Christ. That is through what he said and what he did. Because when you look at the life of Jesus, you see God the Father. When we look at Jesus, we see that God the Father cares for us in that he provides for our every need. He cares as a, as a good dad does. But even sometimes that dad is not always caring. But God always cares. He always looks out for you. He knows the condition that you're in. He desires to heal you. And that, that's not just physically, but that's mentally and spiritually too. The psalmist says in Psalm... says in Psalm 37, 25, I have been young and now I'm old, and yet have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging bread. God cares for us. In 2006, I was in full-time employment and I was going blind. I went to the optician who sent me to the doctor's surgery, who sent me to an eye clinic in the local hospital. They sent me to have an MRI scan. When I returned to the eye clinic for the results, they told me I had a brain tumor. That night, I was transferred to another hospital, and then the next day, I had an operation to remove it. I was the main provider in our family. How were we going to survive? I had a mortgage to pay, utility bills, credit cards. The previous year, we had decided to remortgage our house. They offered us a PPI. I said no straight away. I was tight with my money. <laughs> my wife said, yes, you never know what will happen. Believing that my wife hears from God, I said, okay. <laughs> when I got out of hospital, I contacted the bank straight away. And within three months, what looked like a dire situation turned out to be the grace of God working for us. Amen. We were able to live off that money until I was able to return to work. God cares for us. Amen. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And that is only as we are committed to serving him. Hebrews 3, 5 says, keep your life free from a love of money and be content with what you have. For God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When we look at Jesus, we see that God the Father keeps his promises. Our earthly dads tend to let us down, but God the Father never lets us down. He's always there. When we look at Jesus, we see that God the Father guides us. He guides us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads us. When my wife and myself used to go to a church in Marble Arch, there was an older man there, and he became to us a spiritual father. 
Someone who was a good role model of God the Father to us. We weren't at church. If we weren't at church, he'd call us. He was the one who gave us marriage counseling. And he was the one that gave my wife away at our wedding. He was a really good father figure to us. And we really appreciate his life. This is what God the Father does. He guides us. He does this when he calls us and we accept him. There are so many things that God does for us. Like he listens to us. With all our moaning and all that's going on. But he he says, cast all your care onto me because I care for you. Offload on God. He will listen to you. Doesn't matter what it is. He encourages us. He forgives us. He accepts us and keeps us safe. He watches over us as we go from place to place, as we go to church, as we go to Bible study, as we go to prayer meeting. God is always watching over us to keep us safe so that we get there. He teaches us. He keeps his promises. I've got to say this again. God the Father is the best dad in the whole world. You can only really experience true fatherhood through Jesus Christ. That is through what Jesus said and did. Because when you look at the life of Jesus, you see God the Father. As a dad, I can now look at the scriptures on bringing up children in the way that they should go. Because that's where I'm going to read and learn about Jesus. That's where I'm going to learn and read about God the Father. The early apostles saw God the Father through Jesus Christ. So if we want to know about God the Father, then we have to read what they wrote about him. Then we can reflect God the Father better than before. Remember what I've been saying through, throughout this passage, or sorry, throughout this message, you can only really experience true fatherhood through Jesus Christ. That is through what Jesus said and did. Because when you look at the life of Jesus, you see God the Father. To experience true fatherhood through Jesus Christ and to learn what it is to be a father, we need to become sons and daughters of God. And to do that, we need to receive Christ. We need to be born of God. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit. God the Father holds out adoption as a gift to you today. Again, no one has to leave this building without without the Father in heaven. All it takes is for you to believe in his son, Jesus Christ, and for you to surrender to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You can do it right now in your heart. I hope you do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you that you offer up to us adoption. Help us, Lord, to to run to you. Run into your open arms, Lord. Help us, Lord, to, to look to your son to see who you are. Thank you, Father, that you love us so much, that you love us dearly. That you would not let anyone here go without knowing you without giving them the opportunity to come to you. 
Lord, I pray for those who don't know you. I pray, Lord, that you would touch their hearts, Lord. I pray, Lord, that your word would sink into their hearts, Lord. Would make them feel uncomfortable because they don't know you. Lord, draw them to you, we pray. And Lord, for us who are here, Lord, we just I just want to encourage, I just pray that you would just encourage us, Lord. Encourage us to, to be those role models. To be better fathers. Lord, help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Neil. Thank you so much, Brev. Thank the Lord that we have a Father who is faithful and has revealed himself to us through the person of Christ. And it's, ah, it's crazy. Um, we were in a prayer meeting before the service started and it feels like I prayed Neil's message. And all I had in mind as we were praying was the fact that the disciples asked Jesus, show us how to pray. And Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, our Father. And that was unheard of to a Jew. They wouldn't even use the Lord's name. They wouldn't speak his name. They wouldn't write his name. They'd just write an abbreviation. They wouldn't address God personally in view of his magnificence and his awesomeness and his greatness. And then we have Jesus, the teacher, the ultimate one, who's there with the disciples. And he says, when you talk to God, talk to him like this our father that was a timeless moment right there and so we see that okay so the father's invisible how can we know him and Jesus says to Philip I have represented to you the father perfectly in Colossians 1 it says that Jesus is the express image, the actual carbon copy, the photocopy of the Father in his representation of the Father to us. We have a perfect understanding of who the Father is and what he's like when we look at Jesus. They are so identical in their nature and their character. And for many of us, we lose sight of that. We find ourselves in situations, oh, does God really love me? Am I really going to be saved? Is God really going to come through for me? Will I ever change? And we have all of these questions and these doubts that plague us. Feeling like we don't really know where, what God thinks of this situation or what God thinks of me. And the reminder today is look to Jesus. If you're in doubt, look to Jesus. If you're confused, look to Jesus. If you're unsure and insecure, look to Jesus. Some say that Jesus is the Father. That's not what the Bible teaches us. Jesus is the express image of the Father. He is the visible representation of the Father. Absolutely accurate in clarity. 
And so to know Jesus is to know the Father. And the question is, do you know Jesus today? Because if you don't know Jesus, then you don't actually know God. You may think you know God, you have an impression of God in your own mind as to what he's like, but that is just the God of your mind. To know Jesus is to know the Father. To receive Jesus is to receive relationship with the Father. Because relationship with the Father comes through Jesus, as Neil said. And so let's just take a moment to reflect and to just consider where we're at in relationship with the Father. Do you have a distorted and dysfunctional view of the Father because of your relationship with your own dad or lack of relationship? You see, God the Father is everything that we would have hoped our dads to be and more. And it's real. And so as the guys sing and we consider the ultimate expression of God's love toward you through the cross of Jesus Christ, the Father giving his son how do we know that God the Father is faithful? It's because he had a son. <laughs> the Father isn't the Father without a child. He had a son, the eternal son. And he was faithful to his son. Even past death, he raised him from the dead. Because it was his beloved son in whom he well, is well pleased. And you can be absolutely sure. You can bet your whole house and contents all your life on the fact that God is faithful he's not a deadbeat dad he's not a part-time dad he's not an absent father he is faithful and he has demonstrated that through Christ
Stand. Coming to kiss the feet of mercy, I lay every burden down. I lay every burden down at the foot of the Let's sing the chorus again. Trade this ashes. Father, we thank you that you are the Father from whom all parenthood takes its name, Lord. You are the eternal Father of the eternal Son. And you broke into time and space and revealed yourself to us through your Son. And continue to reveal yourself to our hearts through Christ. Thank you, Father for sending such a faithful emissary for sending your son into this world to demonstrate your love to demonstrate your faithfulness I pray that you would help each and every one of us as we look to you as father help us first and foremost to look to you because we cannot do so in our own strength and in our own ability you are so far beyond our understanding. We need you to open the eyes of our hearts. Help us to look to you and to relate to you purely, genuinely, really as our Father who is in heaven, whose name is great and greatly to be praised, whose kingdom we desire to come and whose will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, have your way, Father. That Father who provides for us our daily bread, who provides for us forgiveness 
of our sin as we forgive those who sin against us. Why would we even think about forgiving someone who sinned against us if we didn't know your forgiveness and that we're such need of your forgiveness? We thank you, Father, that you're a faithful Father who is the perfect leader, who doesn't lead us into temptation and who delivers us, who rescues us from evil. That dad who's got us, got our backs, who's going to come through for us, even when we get ourselves into a mess. You're our deliverer, our rescuer. And so we declare today, Lord, yours is the kingdom, and that yours is the power, that yours is the glory, now and forevermore. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. And if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God as Father, and maybe you've never understood before now that actually that only comes through relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, then do come and see me, um, Neil, um, Pastor Patrick, and um, Bertram, and some of the other guys, Mark, are up here. And... Um, Come and speak with us and pray with us. We would love to introduce you to God as Father. The invitation is extended. And for those of us who know God the Father, let us rejoice in the relationship that he's granted us. Let us draw near. Because he is faithful. And in him there's no great areas no variance. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you guys. Have a blessed week. find out more about us, visit our website at calvarychapelsouthlondon.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter at CC South London. Join us next time for more of God's truth to transform your reality.